tap, tap, tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the host of Pulse Radio, in the building for a special edition of the show on today. Uh, Labor Day weekend is over. Took a little bit of a break. I had to really digest Drake and Kanye West album, and I'm looking at the beef like it's a fight. Like, oh my gosh. So uh, it has been a lot. I didn't get a chance to do a recording. I wanted to do a review of Donda in full, but I- I'm glad I waited um, because I, my take is different. And um, I have a clip of that. Um, a lot going on. HBCU football, NFL football starting back, you know, trying to level up the brand. So it's a lot. So just, ah, uh, you, you're going to hear my take on Donda and Certified Lover Boy coming up in a second. But hope all is well with everybody. So real big announcement. So Gronish ended. Can I get a hand clap for that? It, it, it didn't end permanently, though. It didn't end permanently. It, it, it ended for the, for the mid-season finale. Because, because listen, they like, like listen, they like, like they like to stretch the mess out. Okay, you know they, they don't want to just be like, hey, boom, we take it to December and just be over with it. Like like they like like, like they they, they want to poison us at this point because the poison lasts longer than your body. So like they're they're done until January. So we're not going to be doing uh, the Gronish after parties until they come back. So I wanted to still continue with the content. So we're doing post sports. Uh, we have my co-host Ario Kilgore, uh, North Carolina A and T alum, very talented. Um, we just recorded a whole show. We recorded a whole show about sports, about HBCU football, Deion Sanders, Jackson State versus FAMU. We talked about the NFL. I'm not my element, but I feel like I did a good job because football's not my thing, you know? So we talked about all of that. And I was like, you know what? This conversation is going so well. Like, why, why don't we just talk about, like, Certified Lover Boy and Donda? So we talked about that, and we're going to have that for you. Also, for all my folks that might be listening from TikTok – if there is people listening from TikTok, I don't think it is because uh, because I, I, there's no way for me to, to track people back to Paul's radio from TikTok. Um, but if you happen to have heard my take on Shakari Richardson, I have something new to say. Um, you know, I'm human. And I think that when you have new information, you know, new fact, you got to bring new facts to the discussion. Now, I'm still a, a Shakari Richardson supporter. I really want to see greatness for her. Um, but I have some thoughts on it and I'm not a hypocrite. I'm just, it's new information that's come to me. So I want to speak on that. And also I have a take on Rasheed Wallace. Um, Rasheed Wallace should be going in hall of fame really soon. He was on that old four Pistons team. Great stretch for before you had Nikola Jokic and a lot of these other players. He was one of the original stretch fours physical. He really was the, was the defining factor to the Pistons winning that championship in 2004. He had some some comments about LeBron that I was able to intercept before Skip Bayless got to it, okay? So I have a, a, a great take for you before Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp and, like, Stephen A. Smith, before everybody hops on it because they'll be talking about this for the next week or so. I gave my take on it. And Ariel, she had, had, a, had a lot to say because she is of the certified lover boy audience. So I, I want to see how she felt about it. So we're going to get into it. This is a special edition of Pulse Radio on today, and you're listening to Pulse Radio. Never, nevertheless, though, uh, I want to ask you this since we did that. Shout out to Drake. I, I'm, I'm throwing another curveball at you. So this ain't about sports. However, you had LeBron James, Kevin Durant. They were rocking with Certified Lover Boy. So did you hear Donda and Certified Lover Boy? I did. So what you think? Um, ha, listen, I, I feel like people are going to attack me. Just because, 
Georgia goes what I'm about to say. Um, separately, I, I don't know. After Kanye came out with his gospel album that he did, um, I kind of left. Just like, I've, I've, I've never been like a big Kanye fan, but I have liked his music and I love his lyricism. He's a great lyricist. But Donna was not hitting for me, especially having the listening party here in Atlanta. And then for you to like kind of stumble and drop the ball and then you like drop two or three songs and then you drop the whole thing. It was like the anticipation, the waiting, it didn't hit how it was supposed to. Now he did have some bops, but I'm gonna have to go with certified lover boy. Like I was, you know, I'm too sexy for that. Like I was, I was going, especially champagne poetry every day, rocking morning, moon and night listening to champagne poetry like that he went so dumb for me now is it drake's best no he definitely could have come better i was definitely expecting marvin room's vibes i was expecting to take care i was just expecting a lot of old drake i kind of miss him but it wasn't as bad as i thought now in your opinion i just feel like i don't know why randall that you're gonna go with donda for me. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing so i needed like like an alley-oop to actually do this review because I've been trying to like do this Donna versus Certified Lover Boy episode for a minute. I was gonna do a TikTok on Friday where I'm, I was gonna do a review of it. I was gonna you know do an episode, but I just couldn't get up for it. And initially, I did think that Donda was better than Certified Lover Boy, but I sat with it though. And I think with music, you have to do that. You can't just go off the first listen and give that take automatically. Because I was thinking, hey, you know, Certified Lover Boy, you know, or Donda, you know, got it. But Certified Lover Boy has more tracks that personally I'm gonna go back to because Kanye is a ty- is the type of artist now that creates big music. He creates more so masterpieces, more than songs that you can easily digest. And Jay Z sort of got in that lane as well. I think he still resides in that lane. Although Four 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 was a solid album, you saw him rapping about Picasso. You know he's he's not selling drugs no more. You know what I'm saying? He's rapping about Picasso and his daughter, and that's great. But he's he's in another phase of his life, so that music is not going to touch a lot of younger people because he's talking about having a wife, chilling, like you know, you know what I'm saying, with the first lady of the United States of Barack. Like he he's doing stuff like that now. So I feel as if Kanye has gotten to that legendary standpoint where he's not talking about gold digging. He he ain't talking about you know, and it's even a different vibe than he was in 2010 with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which is honestly to me one of the best hip hop albums ever. Where with like the the music, like that music, it transcended. You had power, you had monster. Now you, you like 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 you had the one with Pusha T. I can't think of the name right. You know what I'm talking about? The one with the one with Pusha T. Ever toast for the douchebags? Like I, I can't I can't think of that song right now. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So run, run away, run away. Like that was a jam. You know he had a lot of great songs. He did a movie off of that one. But with this one, with Kanye's lifestyle and how he's been moving these past few years. He's alienated his fan base and he's going to a whole nother plane. But I think that the hatred of Kanye West is making folks not like this album. This album was straight. It was a good seven out of 10. If he added on the Honor 3000 verse, it would be hard to choose like Drake's album over Kanye's album because Andre 3000, oh my gosh, he floated on that track. But I will say this about Certified Lover Boy. And, I, and I'm going to give out some songs real quick. I'm going to give out some songs you know, that I like from, from Donda really quickly. So, Jail was good. Off the Grid was great. Her Off the Grid was great. Fabio Foreign c- carried that track. Fabio Foreign did that. Okay, okay, believe what I say. Um, Like, the, the song with his mom, the Donda, like, when you heard his mom, that was so beautiful. 
Um, like, it, like it, it, it's so many songs on here. Like, it was one song trying to find it. Remote Control was straight. I would have liked. I would have liked to see what Soderbergh would have done. I would love to have seen that. But it's one song. Um, that he talked about him wanting to attempt suicide, and I'm like, oh, that's really vulnerable. He had Larry, Larry Hoover Jr. on that. I like that track. But with Drake, though, not gonna lie to you. Okay, the first part of the, of the album, it was not for me. It was for you, Ari. It was for you. It was for, for the women. It was for, it was for the women. Champagne poetry, girls want girl. That is for you, okay. But when we, when we got to love all, fair trade, way too sexy, TSU, in too deep, pipe down, that was for me. And then and, and then you skip past Yeba's heartbreak. Then you get to no friends in the industry, knife talk. Then seven seven a.m. on bridal path. That was for me because because you got you got the cut for the women, got cut for the guys. <laughs> But I mean, that's I basically think that's what Certified Liverboy was about. It was, I feel like it was kind of, if you really think about it, just from listening from this thing back and forth, rotation after rotation, uh, shuffle after shuffle, just trying to see, because like, that's how I listen to my music. I listen to it through the whole thing, like from beginning to end, and I was from end to beginning, and then I got to shuffle it for a couple of times, just to make sure everything makes sense, because I love an album that flows or an album that tells a story. And that's kind of what Certified Liverboy was doing, just showing different parts of what a player is, different parts of Drake's Certified Liverboy love life. Is basically about but to kind of touch a little bit back on what you were saying about Kanye and Donda I think it takes a certain group or a certain type of music intellectuals to actually understand the transition because I personally don't mind the transition that most of these artists are making I don't mind the transition of Jay-Z I don't mind the transition of Chance the Rapper I don't mind the transition of Logic I don't mind the transition of Kanye um, I think the transition of where he wanted to go with his music was a little different to go from gospel to maybe a little bit of pop to a little bit of poetry, kind of just trying to mix in every rapper that he could be. But that's like a growth thing. And I love the growth thing because you can't be listening to most of what these rappers are, which are mumble rapping. I'm shooting somebody every 30 seconds. I'm killing every somebody every five minutes. Like, I can't do that anymore. I'm growing up. So these artists got to grow up too. So I personally... Like I said, Donda wasn't bad. Was it for me, like Certified Loverboy was? No, but at some point, I'm going to get tired of Drake just trying to hold women. Like, I want something more that's going to feed my soul. And if you're looking for somebody that's going to feed your soul or you're looking for somebody with growth, then I say go with Kanye, Donda. It's for that. It's for you, poet- poetry and lyrically. But if you're just looking for, like, some bops and a little bit of something to touch, like that other side that hasn't been saved yet, then, of course, go with Certified Loverboy. But I have no hate against Kanye trying to grow up and hit a different side of music or hit a different side of himself because he's just one of the greats, period. Just how he's doing it is what kind of makes me a little eerie with some of his music and kind of stand offish with what he does. But what I'll say is this, like, you have to understand that Drake is like McDonald's. Like, like that's what Drake is. It, it's like, and, and it's not a bad thing because McDonald's breakfast is amazing. But is Drake the McDonald's, like, the owners that McDonald's stole, or Drake is the original McDonald's that never got to see that money? You ever seen the McDonald's movie? You, you, went, you went real deep. <laughs> you went real deep. I, I, I saw it. I saw bits and pieces of it. I got to go back and watch it. I want to read that book. But I would say Drake is McDonald's to the degree of you know you're not getting nourishment. If you go to McDonald's, you order if you order a pizza from Pizza Hut, you know I'm probably going to get fat. But at the same time, it's like it, it tastes so good though. Like you know, like that, that's what Drake is. It's where it's like Drake, Drake's Drake's not gonna be talking about Black Lives Matter. Oh, I'm I almost killed myself. Like that's not what Drake's gonna talk about. But and, and and Drake, I don't think that at this point in his career, I don't think that Drake 
I think he can, but I don't think Drake will willingly give us the vulnerability that you saw at certain points of Kanye's album and what you saw from the song he leaked with Andre 3000 and Kanye. I don't think he can give us that depth because that Andre 3000 verse, not only was it lyrical and it was a great story, like the just the play on how Andre 3000 would do so great at rapping. He's such a great Southern artist. He's such a great representation of the South. How he was talking to Donda West, Kanye's mom, telling Miss Donda to tell his mom, I love him, I'm lost down here. Like just the the flipper that you would think that a rapper, they get on a track like that, you're talking to your mom that passed away or, or your grandmother that passed away. But he's talking to Donda West saying, hey, tell my mom, my dad, tell him this and that. Like, that was brilliant. Like, I don't think that that Drake at this point, as he tries to sort of deliver hits and vibes, I don't think he's going to really give us that energy. So I appreciate Kanye. It's just the, the antics for me. And, you know, just he, he's not rapping, rapping. He was rap like Fabio Ford made him rap. I pretty the kind of was in that thing. We heard five y'all go in. He was like, "This man not gonna beat me." He started, he started going in, trying to end. You, you, you cut off five. He started, he started rapping, rapping like he was Kanye West from 05. Like, like Andre, you got to get him with a good artist. Yeah. Andre three thousand did that because he was low key rapping at the end. He done diss Drake. I ain't never heard Kanye diss nobody in my life. The closest I heard Kanye diss somebody was was in was in the Cleveland show. That's the closest I got to Kanye did somebody with that with that boy that that rap battle. Like that was the closest that I heard I heard that Kanye actually dissing somebody. He literally name checked Drake in that leaked song with Andre three thousand. So I feel like you get Kanye with someone that can rap. Kanye, no matter how crazy he is, bipolar, whatever, you're not gonna have him back down. He gonna rap with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he has to be challenged. Like everybody has to be challenged. You know. So kind of going back, you know. To, to the athletes, if you, if you was playing football, you know, Mr., you know, I just got into football. You did really good on the show today. Who would you listen to to, like, get you hyped up for the game that you're about to play? You going to listen to Donna or you going to listen to Certified Liverpool? Neither. Why would I listen to Jerome and to get ready for the game? I mean, <laughs> hey, we, we on the top beat. I was just trying to see if he was going to well, do that. Well, I would say Drake because 7 a.m. on Bridal Path, how he was coming at Kanye and no friends in the industry, and you had you had the Shakari Richardson reference, and if you know – Masha K. Richardson history, if you know who I got going on. You know, you know. Yeah, so like, I, I will probably listen to Drake. But I'm going to say this too, all right? I'm going to say this to switch into the athlete mode. I will say this, and Lord, don't let the folks on TikTok get it. I'm I'm not changing my tune on Shakari, but Shakari is disappointing me. Uh, because I think that it started, I, 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 was, I didn't start losing steam when she lost the race. It was just her antics after with her dissing Allison Felix. Um, and also just, you know, her, her just talking her talk and on Twitter, liking the wrong stuff and really playing into the narratives of people. Like she was acting just like people wanted her to act. And, and I know that, you know, that that's her life and, you know, it is what it is, but I just feel like she's taking it too far. I feel like the distance of Allison Felix was wrong. Um, I'm still a supporter of her. She got second place in a race. Her time wasn't that great. I think she had 11 seconds. Her time was not that great. I think that she allowed the hiatus to get to her. And I think that she allowed Kanye putting her on the album rollout. I think that, you know, Drake just, Drake name dropping in, 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 in the song. We like, 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 you know, we smoking folks like, like Shakira on and off the field. I, I butchered that line, but he said something along, along those lines. I think that she's letting that get to her. And that's the problem. I need her just to get back in the lab and cook. But I'm not saying that from a patronizing standpoint. 
because I want to see her win. I want to get on TikTok and say, see, I told y'all. I, I was so ready with that race, Ariel. I was so ready. I was going to get on TikTok and talk my talk. Um, I, I was going to get on TikTok and go federal. And and I, and, and then, this is the Drake line. And I'm like Sha'Carri, smoke him on and off the track, A. Like, that's what he said in, 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 in No Friends in, in the Industry. She letting that get to her. She, gets, she needs to get to the, to the track and get to work. I don't even think it was her, her hiatus that's messing, like, that's messing her up. I really just think it's the second point to what you said. It's the fame and everything that's getting to her. Because the because I had to go back. And at that point, what she had said to Allison Felix, I got what she said, but how it came off was wrong. Like, I under, like this is one of the greats talking to you, probably about to retire talking to you. Everything that she's been through with Nike and her own label and being pregnant talking to you. Like, hey, this is just, I'm supporting you, whatever. And you coming back and saying, I get it, but you know, you're on TV. I don't know if it's genuine. There's nothing that Alex, that Allison Phillips needs to prove or is going to say to you that is not going to be genuine for her comfort. For you, Shakari Richardson, to be definitely kind of leaning into the next generation. So from that into, like I said, to the difference of her locking post, not coming in top positions and her next races, letting everything get to her from being disqualified actually from not being disqualified well technically she was disqualified but not being able to race in the olympics to now like she needs to go back to the lab and get herself together she needs to figure out her reasons why she's still running what she's doing it for or her first reasons for running in the first place regardless if it was her mom rest her soul or if it's because she just wanted to be great she can't let all these other outside influences get to her and ruin what she needs to be for the people that want to be like her so really quickly before we go uh, I'm on Twitter, and we we got to squeeze some basketball in ah. this, and we're gonna hop on it before uh, the first take. And undisputed is gonna talk about this like crazy on tomorrow. So Rasheed Wallace on LeBron James playing in his era, I don't think he would be as successful as he is now. And then this is what Rasheed Wallace said: he probably would have done good with his physical stature, with him being bigger than the majority of the rest of the players. So he probably would have held his own, but I don't think he would have he would be as successful as he is now. It's a whole different era back then. I couldn't necessarily say that he would have been a beast, but I think he would have held his own. The quote is going to be blown out of context in the media in the coming days. Yeah, a lot of folks on Twitter aren't looking at the full quote because I don't think that Rasheed Wallace is being disrespectful. I just think a lot and a lot of people are saying this on Twitter. Like LeBron James was 22 years old, not even fully in his prime. And he scored 29 of the last 30 points on the Pistons and beat the Pistons that were the remnant of the, of the champions from 04, went to the finals in 05. They, they were two years removed from that. And and you lose Ben Wallace, and Ben Wallace, you know, he, he, he could have made a difference. He was on the Bulls, and they beat that Bulls team in 2007 to get to the Cavaliers. Like, LeBron whooped them up by himself. He had no help. And you're saying that in your era that LeBron would not have done great? Bro, your era is the early 2000s. Like, Kobe wasn't going crazy on you. Like, like players of LeBron's ilk, there was nobody like LeBron in the early 2000s before LeBron got in. Because you have finesse players. You had a Tracy McGrady that was like a Kevin Durant, scrolling anybody type player. You had Kobe that was an athlete. But you didn't have like a LeBron that could just go to the paint and he was quicker and stronger than you. Stronger than full-grown men. You didn't have that in the league in the early 2000s. I think that a lot of older players, it's it's twofold thing. A lot of older players don't like to give newer players that came after their era shine. But also what you see 
is you have a lot of younger people that are fans of newer players that disrespect older players. Because I will say what I said on Twitter, and a lot of folks trying to come at me, I don't care. Allen Iverson is the most disrespected Hall of Famer in NBA history. Allen Iverson set the trend. He set the culture. The Lakers were about to go 16-0. and 0. They're going to be the only team in history, and only the Warriors got close because they got 15-1 and 1 as well because LeBron beat the, beat the Warriors. Like, in 2017, they're about to go 16-0. and 0. The Lakers, Kobe and Shaq, they're about to go 16-0 and 0 in the 2001 NBA playoffs. They beat Sacramento. They beat the San Antonio Spurs. They beat great teams that had way more weapons than the than this Philadelphia 76ers. And then the 76ers were injured. Allen Iverson went in there and stole one from Kobe and Shaq and then had the lead in game two. Like, it's just so crazy the hindsight that happens in the regular, in, like in the offseason. The hindsight of, well, LeBron wouldn't have been good in 1950. Like, Yes, he would have. <laughs> you know, what you're saying is LeBron is still climbing his prime, kind of like Tom Brady in a way, or you think that what, – what, uh, what you think, Randall? I, I think that it's different with football and basketball because Tom Brady can throw touchdowns if he's being blocked by a good O-line until he's 60. But LeBron can't do that because it's constant, you know, pressure on you. Like, it's constant. I'm running up and down the court. I might trip over somebody's leg, and then and then I might, t- I might tear my groin slipping trying to get a ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's different with basketball. It's more physically demanding on every player on the court versus Tom Brady. If he's getting blocked well, he's going to be fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he, he's not getting dinged around like that or he doesn't trip over himself trying, trying to run for a touchdown. I mean, like, he's going to be fine. But I think with LeBron, LeBron's sustained excellence is his playmaking ability, it's his passing, and it's the fact that he knows his spots. Like, LeBron has gotten smart enough to know, I'm going to play defense right now. I'm going like, to playmake right now. I need to go on and score because we're down by six. So let me go on and, and, and score and hit some three-pointers. Like, I think that that's the greatness of LeBron, and that transcends any era. Because the players in the 50s, what, what Bill Russell – Get 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 thirty forty rebounds in in two thousand twenty one. Woody, Woody. I mean, like like because 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 like the real conversation we need to have is that nineties to two thousand and and tens. Not the ones now. They're the best basketball players ever. Can we just be honest? I I feel like for me, if you want to go a deeper hot take, I think that no one before the nineteen eighties can say that can say that they go, including Will Chamberlain. Rest in peace. You can't say that. Like you, like I'm not talking to you. Okay, I'm not, I'm not talking to you. Okay, like we can talk about Michael Jordan. We can talk about LeBron because the game was more advanced back then. Throw away the, oh, they were more physical. Throw that away. They got zones now. They weren't playing zones like that with Michael Jordan. I would have thrown the whole team at Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan over here try, trying to, to start throw his tongue out. I, I'm every player on the team. We're guarding you. You're not going to be able to get up the court. We're we, we, we going to be your bodyguards at this point. You're not getting up the court. Like the, the, like the, the defensive schemes, are so much better now. The offensive schemes are so much better now. You have, you have bigs that can shoot now. You have so many great point guards in the league. The game has advanced so much, and I think that the conversations that we're having is number one because we're bored, but also it's not taking into account the context, and that's what's just crazy to me with basketball. That's what's crazy with, to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, but are but my thing is with this with this tweet is it more just because because the players that I see that are being drafted they 
they don't have the thing that, of course, LeBron James and all these other players have, which is consistency, which is building up to who they are. Most of these young players, they're good at one thing or they're getting famed for what they say, like LaMelo Ball being good, like probably in their first year, going hard, going dumb, but are they going to be able to be sustainable and last like LeBron James? And that also comes to that too. But is it the conversation as just because they're young players and LeBron's not young anymore? Because that goes back to the conversation when they were going earlier in this year where they were doing all these trades and now LeBron doesn't necessarily kind of have a super team, but they had a lot of players that are old. Are they just saying because it's his age? Are they just saying they don't think he has it anymore? Why this tweet has surfaced? Uh, I really, it's just Rasheed. Well, they asked they ask Rasheed a question. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's just a lot of the older players think their era was also good. I just, you know, and the Pistons, like, I love that Pistons team as a fan of Shaq. I really am glad the Pistons won, primarily because Ben Wallace went to an HBCU. He went to Virginia Union University. And he's going in, in the Hall of Fame. So shout out, to, shout out to Ben Wallace, Hall of Famer, HBCU in these streets. He claims his HBCU. He claims it. So, you know, I'm glad that they were able to get that win. I, I feel sorry for the Pacers, and I talked about that in my Randall's thoughts um, a few weeks ago. I feel sorry for the Pacers because they could have really contended for a championship. Uh, but I just think that a lot of these players, they overrate their generation. And, and that's, that's going to happen. I, I, I want to be objective. Like, like I, I, I don't want to tell some young player like Bronny, or oh, back in my day, you you wouldn't have lasted in the Steph Curry era. Like, I, I don't want to be that guy. You know, oh, oh, back in that day, you wouldn't have lasted when LeBron came back 3-1 to one on the Warriors. I, I don't want to do that because the game is supposed to evolve. The game is, the game is supposed to grow. And I, I think that that's the perspective that we have to have because I know that every generation is going to be coveted over their guys. You know, even in football, every generation is going to be coveted over their guys. I think you're going to see a lot of people that are gonna defend Tom Brady because they're gonna say, "Yo, hey man, let's Tom Brady's the goat. That new guy's not the goat because he's from another generation." And you want to say my generation had the best players? Look, we had we had Tom Brady won seven rings, played. He was he was fifty. Like because you want to you want your generation to have the best. And I think that it's not a lot of objectivity or perspective when we're talking about that. But well, I don't think there's much of a battle with that when it comes to football. Like football is, I don't, I haven't seen or I'm not really. That in two-one football being like, oh, Peyton Manning was really the best over Tom Brady, or like Patrick Mahomes is going to be the next Tom Brady, or he's better than Tom Brady. Or let's talk about Drew Brees, who just retired, and he has many rings as Tom Brady, but he's still the best. Like, we don't – it's not that big of a conversation in football as it is basketball. I don't – I don't know if it's just because in basketball there can only be, like, one great and one comparison. Like, how they compare everybody to Michael Jordan, and now, like, everybody's great compared to Peyton Manning. But it's, it's not as a big situation as if, like, football loves to share the glory. I don't I don't know what it is about basketball. Or somebody has to be the definition for all these other people to be the great and be the best at what they do. Like, everybody can't be an individual in basketball. Well, the, me- the media tries. Because, um, you know, you, you had um, the take that Stephen A. Smith and Michael Irvin did on Monday on first take where Michael Irvin argued that Tom Brady was better than Michael Jordan. Like, it's really a media creation because they don't know – I think that the media is lazy at points because they don't know how to build other stars. Because and 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 the thing that told me that is you had the NBA playoffs without Steph Curry, without LeBron, without Kevin Durant, without James Harden. You had all these major name people that were out that we've seen for so long over these past few years. But you had Ja Morant that emerged and knocked out Steph Curry. 
You had Devin Booker knocked out LeBron. You had Giannis that knocked out Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving. You had Trey Young that 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 surprised and upset the, you know the 76ers and then the Knicks. So it's like talk about that. You know what I'm saying? Like talk about the younger players that are making a difference. Like Jason Tatum stopped the Southerners from getting swept. He is scored for like 40, 50 points in that game. I think that game three. You know, so he did that all on his own. Like, how do you talk about those young players? Don't say, oh, is he better than LeBron? Luka Doncic was, was going in. I think that the media, they've held on to Tom Brady and LeBron for so long that they don't know what other narrative to create because them having an intelligent conversation about Trey Young and what he's doing for the Hawks, that takes brain power. That takes producing. Like talking about Luka Doncic and not saying, is he the white LeBron? Like, like not doing that takes thought process. And yeah. I think that in a hot take culture, people, people just, just want to get clicks on social media that they don't want to think that they don't want to have substantive conversations. They just want to yell and just have, you just have these very conversations of LeBron versus Jordan 24 seven, you know? So I think that that's more so of a media construct. I've seen Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady, not as much as I've seen, LeBron versus Michael Jordan because it's individual statistics. So it's a bit easier to do that. It's even with this Rasheed Wallace quote. I've never seen nobody say, like, I've, I've seen, I've seen maybe one person say, but I've not seen nobody say, oh, Tom Brady wouldn't exist there in our era. Like, I don't, I don't see them say that. You know what I'm saying? Because, because it, it's a different vibe because you're not just talking about Tom Brady. You're talking about his O line. You're talking about the receivers, his running back, his coach. Like, what system does he have? With LeBron, I can take one player and put that one player on the Rockets with Hakeem Olajuwon. I do it in 2K all the time. I can take LeBron and put him on a team in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? So it's easier to do it if it's an individual player in a, in a sport that's more so about individuality, more even really more than team when it comes to superstars versus you're, uh, oh, you're a product of a system. Oh, you're not product of a system. You are the system. That's more so the conversation that's in football. All right, all right, all right. So that is my take and Ariel's take on a lot that was going on with Shakari and with basketball and with, you know, just certified lover boy and Donda. So for me, I want to just say before I do anything else, I do like certified lover boy over Donda. I, I must admit, but at first, if I were to do the TikTok or um, a, a broadcast on Friday, I would have said Donda over certified lover boy, but you have to let music sit. But I have Ario on with me, the newest member of the Pulse team. Ario's in the building. Ario, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Enjoyed the first show that we did. Um, a little nerve wracking, but of course, I think it went well at the end of the day. Definitely. So, give us a little bit of a background on, on yourself. So, you went to North Carolina Anti. You have your own podcast, and you know you you want to get into the world of the behind the scenes side of sports. So, talk to us about your motivation and also where you're from. Yes, yeah, so I am from Rockdale County, Georgia. I've been in the sport since middle school. I actually was mostly behind the scenes when it came to yearbook. And then I got into high school and they introduced me to Adobe Premiere Pro and After Effects. And that's basically when I did everything. I did a little bit of commentating at the softball games. I made my own series. I interviewed athletes. I interviewed coaches. Went to North Carolina A&T. Did the Crosby program. A proud Crosby kid. Um, did stuff on the field. Did a lot of things in yearbook. Got to I was able to create my own shows, got to create a show with Mikey Williams when he was at North Lake Christian Academy, Um, got to do some other stuff with some great people, produce another show, did some other athletic events, got to produce another show at the A&T Crosby Building. So I had a lot of fun. And now I'm here with Pulse, you know, getting my experience with Randall 
on radio what it's like to you know go back and forth with somebody else because usually I do my own podcast I do um pre-games I do post-games talk about players talk about coaches but I think it's always good for someone to challenge you to hear other opinions when it does come to sports when doing radio see what you can work on what you can learn from so I'm excited to learn the ins and out to record more to edit more to see um different topics how people feel to have a true audience you know, people correct me, but also people go against me. So that way I can go against them. <laughs> mm. But, you know, I'm I'm having fun with this and it's a great experience. And I'm just really blessed for you to allow me to be on your team, allow me to display my talents. Let me do what I do and, you know, show people like sports is everything. Sports isn't hard, especially when you're a female. You know, a lot of people think you don't belong. But when you know something, you do it with a passion in your heart and you have experience in it. Anything is possible. You feel me? Especially with HCU Pulse, which has everything, has the total audience. Has everybody that's going to feel you and recognize you and love you regardless of what you're doing. So I think, I think it's great. And so far my experience has been amazing. Great. And you know, it was crazy because when I dropped the flyer, I had our designer make the flyer, I'm um, giving a call out. to so us trying to find you know, HBCU uh, sports journalists. Cause I really wanted to do some stuff with sports. Cause I didn't, cause just like, you know, and it was really two instances this year where I was like, I don't want to let this moment pass us by. Like I didn't want to let, the moment of Victor being on the voice pass us by and me not do like shows around it or content around it. And I didn't want to let probably the best seasons of sports history of the NBA and the NFL and college football. Like I didn't want to let that pass us by without us talking about it, especially with me, to be honest, I don't want to just be tied to HBCUs. And that's something that was, it was within the creed of me calling myself the millennial Tom Joyner is Tom Joyner became the H, he was the, he's always the HBCU guy, and he always integrated HBCUs into the Tom Joyner morning show and his content. And even Ricky Smiley has picked it up in succeeding him. But he was music. He introduced a lot of like our parents' generation and, you know, our, our aunts and uncles' generation to old school, to the Isley brothers, to Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, he was that conduit for black music on the radio, but you had all these other different shows and streaming services and podcasts. So for me, I want to be rooted in HBCUs, but I also want to be that black media figure. So doing Paul Sports is me going that lane. So it's really dope that we're able to get it going. A lot of folks apply, but there were not many people that applied that had your resume and your credentials. So I am excited to have you on board. And I'm ready just really just to segue out of just the HBCU room. You know, this first episode, we talked about a lot of HBCU sports. Like this teaser, you know, it's like, you know, special episode that we did. We dove into everything outside of it. You know, we talked about. You know, sort of our little boy versus Donda, Shakari. And then, you know, we spoke about, you know, just like Rasheed Wallace and LeBron. Like we talked about that. And I want to get more into that bag. So I'm super excited for this journey. So I want to ask you this and then we'll go. What was your favorite moment from this first episode? Like what 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 like what's something that is like, oh my gosh, you gotta hear this? Like, what's your favorite moment? I really think it it's so hard. It's really hard. Can I name two? Because there's like really two good points. Um, especially the media um segment that we introduced, why HBCUs are kind of why it's a big thing that we are on ESPN, but also like how media actually works when it comes to HBCUs and sports, why it's not a big thing or why it's becoming a big thing, or how come we're not on as many platforms. That is something that everybody needs to listen to because there is so much more that goes behind wanting to do something and having the legitimacy to do it and actually having the rights to do it. But also the Shikari Richardson, you like you have to listen to that. 
because there's so there's so much stuff that's going into her now, so much newer facts that are coming to light and other people having opinions like both of those segments that we did took me for a loop. Like the they're really insightful, really highlighted on what's going on. And we had some we had some really, really good points that would probably get the people thinking like, ah, I see why this is this way and I I can see what Randall and Ariel are talking about. So I hope they really like pay attention to that and let that sink in and be like, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I I love the media part because I'm just like I I media for me, like I want to pre create you know the content that I that I want to see and that I want to hear. So that conversation about media is what I wanted to hear. I want to hear from media outlets. I love the reliable sources newsletter. I love reading about media news. So that whole conversation is something that I think is going to be a real banger, and that's something that I believe is going to cause a lot of conversation, you know, on social media. Um, and then, you know, just talking about Jackson State and FAMU, that was a good moment, too, because, you know, it, 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 we found stuff to talk about. Wasn't a lot to talk about in a 7-6 in game, you know what I'm saying? Like, but but we, we found some stuff to talk about. But overall, if you're listening to this right now, make sure to head to the previous episode to listen to the first episode of Pulse Sports. But I'm super excited for where we're going. But outside of that, Ariel, tell everybody where they can find you and tell everybody about your podcast as well. Yes, you can find me on Spotify or Anchor on the Unaxed Opinion, where I give my opinion that nobody asks for, but I'm going to give it anyway. It's a sports new podcast. You can find me on there, or you can find me on Instagram at A-R-I dot underscore E-L-E underscore, or on Twitter at AskRegree for any sports, any personal stuff that you guys want to know about, so you can see me there. Most definitely, most definitely. So that is it for us. Make sure to check out the Pulse Radio, Pulse Sports episode one. It is lit, and we're going to try to do this every week, and we're going to have some live specials coming up, too. So you're listening to Pulse Radio. We will see you on the other side. Tap, tap, tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture.